0: Seriously. so what we share here is simply the idea of seeing what you call your natural state as a system of thought and interpretation called self-sentiment and all we're suffering from is the effects of that system as of, as it has taken us over and we've forgotten our real nature and we've taken on the qualities that it has assigned us a body identification So you and I believe that we're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, that we have private thoughts, that we have private feelings, that there's a lot of space between you and me, that we're separate and real, separate entities, that we can lack here, that we can not be loved by seeking for it. All of this stuff seems to be true to us, but all that truth is given at that one beginning point, which is the identification as what you're not. Because then what you can do, which is entertain and give meaning to things, is given meaning to the things that reflect the idea of being a self. That's what happens. The ability to give meaning gets hijacked by this crazy conditional mind, and it now gives meaning to everything that reflects the idea of being a self as real. All the while, the constant revelation, you are not that, is is at the basis of all what you call your life, which is the conscious contact. So there is seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, smelling, and thinking going on. The conditioned head says, I'm the seer, I'm the feeler, I'm the hearer, the taster, the toucher, and the smeller. That is an interpretation by the head. And it doesn't even say it every time now because it would be totally exhausted. Every time you saw it, it would have to say, I'm the seer. No, there's a belief that you're the seer now. And there's a belief that you're the hearer. And there's a belief that you're the feeler that you never even investigate anymore. It's just the underlying way conscious contact is being held by your conditioned head. Yeah? The conscious contact... There's a mental reaction to it, and that mental reaction is that I'm the doer, and the haver, and the smeller, and the feeler, and the taster, and the thinker, and the seer, and the hearer. That is the beginning of selfing. Selfing has no life, so the mind in selfing has to claim your life. It claims your life as its own, and in that you forget your real life. Not you forget, because there's no you, but this is the language we're saddled with. So there's a forgetting of the real life because it gets hijacked and you get an interpretation by the conditioned head based on the conscious contact, which is the common denominator of all life. But what happens is, when you get obsessed, when your attention gets hijacked into that selfing, you forget conscious contact. You're basically unconscious of the fact that conscious contact is happening all day. All the, em- all the emphasis is on who's in contact and what they're in contact with, but you don't sense the seeing and the feeling and the hearing and the tasting and the touching. You just you just make note of what's seeing, which is always in place, it's always the same seer, and then all the different things you have seen. So the emphasis goes from this pole to that pole, and the seeing gets forgotten. And what replaces it is a seeing from the past, and a hearing from the past, and a thinking from the past, and a smelling from the past, and a touching from the past. So every time there's touching, it just reminds your head of a touching you once had. Every time you see something, it reminds you of something that you saw before. Yeah? and then you compare what you're seeing now with us with past seeing, and that's not seeing. That's remembering. That's interpretation. Yeah. So we get fed this all day. We're absent in our own life, and this thing takes it over, and it uses us to express itself through. That's what you're suffering from, is the expressions of selfing. if you read it in the recovery book that's what it clearly says being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us we will now look at its meaning self's common manifestations so manifestation is an appearance you can, use, you can use the same word right? so being convinced which means in your gut which means you need to investigate yeah? You won't get inv- you will not get convinced by a book you have to look in yourself. Yeah? So being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, we will now look at its common manifestations. The first appearance of self in our life in the, in the recovery vernacular is resentment. And what does resentment mean? It's a re-feeling. Yeah? And resentments are not the only thing you re-feel. Everything is refelt. Everything is rethought. Everything is rehashed over. Yes? Everything. Everything. So you're basically resenting and re feeling and rethinking and rehashing over things constantly as a way of avoiding the fact that there's conscious contact happening. So the interpretation basically takes the place of the conscious contact, and instead of life being based on that, in your view, it's based on you as a long-lasting independent separateness as the center of your view, which is called self-centeredness. And we're suffering the effects of that system. Those are the grosser demonstrations of it. Resentment, fears, harming those others. There's tons of others. Self-pity and tons of others. Look at the dictionary and look up the word self, and then there'll be a hyphen, and there'll be about 90 other words after it. And I get I haven't done it yet, but I bet you if you tabulated, if you made a little like negative and positive column, and you tabulated the 90 adjectives or whatever that come after the self, I'd say 70 of them fall on the negative side. And 20 of them, if you're lucky, are on the positive side. That That is the flavor of the interpretation of life that you live in. Self is interpreting your life. It's not a self, it's a system called self-centeredness, and it's selfing, it's a verb. That verb is verbing that particular ratio. You're getting maybe 80% shit and 20% hopefully good. Not even good. It's never actually delivered, but there's a hope that it will be later. Yeah? But the shit seems to be delivered right on time, right now. <laughs> but the hope and the peace and the happiness is always sort of on a delay, a delay layaway plan. But the shit's always right there, you know, it's incredible. And then we live on incessant hope that somehow this unbearability will become bearable if one day someone recognizes me as special or someone else. Or I take another person hostage and we can be special together. (laughs) Fuck the rest of the world. So this system is expressing itself through us because it doesn't have a life of its own. So it's claimed ours. That's what's happening. It doesn't have a vehicle to express through. It doesn't. It's a mental system. So it has the vehicle, because the host in here has forgotten it's the host, and has become identified as the self that is the parasite. Yeah. Now the parasite is using you and I for transportation, and it's expressing gleefully in life all over. Every, every aspect of your life it has carte blanche to enter. Because you never check it at the door. Because as soon as you hear it in thought or see it in the mirror, you see it as you. No matter how much evidence to the contrary, no matter how much evidence that it's never going to produce the goods, you keep relying on it and going back to it as if it's the Greek oracle. And it says very clearly in our book, why is it that you have so much fear now? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? That's the whole cause of all the anxiety that you're entertaining, is self-reliance. That's the cause of it all. Now, how, why would you want to seek in a, uh, a solution to that, all those effects, from the cause? Why would you want to go to the cause of all those effects in your life and ask it for a solution to them? If you do, I'm sure it'll come up with thousands of solutions, but there'll probably be a lot of work (laughs) with very little return. (laughs) You'll be constantly on the job, and there'll be no vacation time, because the thing that's expressing all those effects will keep on expressing those effects. You haven't gone to the root. To get relief from the system of self-centeredness, you have to leave it. Now, it's a tricky system because if its main strategy is the identification as the host with the system, then the host, if it's identified and it wants to leave the system, that's being in the system. So you and I trying to get out of self is actually another form of being what we call in-self. Because there's no escape from the system as the center of it, which is a self. The self cannot transcend... That system, because there is no self. It's only appearing to be a self in that system. So if you want to leave the system to a place of no self as a self, it's not going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. It's just not. I mean, how much more evidence do you need? Has it worked so far? So, this self cannot get out of self. So, we're not even going anywhere farther than the first knot, so to speak. Because there's no point to go anywhere else. Because one of its main modus operandi is claiming. So, in the head in selfing, if it has taken you over, all doing and having that happens through you will be claimed by it as the doer. You will believe you're the doer and the haver. And yet, and what you're identified as with the selfing is a body, and yet most of the body's actions are totally involuntary. And yet you still, the mind, the selfing still presents itself as the doer and shaker when you can't even take a shit when you want to. You're not pumping your blood, you're not beating your heart. If you were, you'd be dead. You would have forgotten. You would have got caught in some obsession with self and you'd be fine. you'd have one moment of obsession, you'd be dead. You would have eaten a burrito like four days ago, forgot to digest it, and you'd be stinking like high heaven. This whole room would stink of your presence. Go home and digest that fucker. No, you're not digesting it. It gets done automatically. The only thing that's happening is the conditional head has a freaking megaphone and it keeps yelling out, I'm the doer, I'm the haveer. I have these problems, these are my problems. I did something to cause all this. It claims, that's its first movement. It's one of its biggest themes. So whatever, it's, that's exactly what it did. It was it was conscious of conscious contact. It was sensed it, and it claimed it like that. It says, I am the one that's in contact. It tried to neuter the baby as it was being born. It's constantly, at the birth of life, every moment of conscious contact, it neuters it, every moment. It's stay it's right at, it's... It's an observer of the event, of the birth, of living, of being. It's not being. It's an observer of it, and it kills the being immediately by claiming, I am the one who's seeing. I am the one who's feeling. I am the one who's tasting. I am the one who's touching. Yeah. When all the fact, like Lord Buddha said, when you see, see, when you feel, feel, when you hear, hear, when you taste, taste, when you touch, touch, so it's given that you're going to see, hear, feel, taste, touch. But he says, when you see, just see. No, it's not you seeing. He's actually stating a fact with no addition. He's saying, when you see, which is the fact of conscious contact, see. That's it. He's just saying, just be aware of already what's happening. He's not, he's not adding one step to the, to the equation. Yes? There's no place for you to become the do and have of the seeing. Because the seeing is happening. The feeling is happening. The smelling is happening. So he says, when you see, which is the fact, see. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Exactly. There's not an order. There's not an order. See? Your head and selfing thinks, all right, now I'm going to try to see. No. Seeing is happening. There's nothing you need to do about it. Just let seeing be seen. Yes, Hearing here. Feeling, feel. What, what a tough road to hoe he's given us. You, there's basically nothing you have to fucking do to recognize the, the awakening of what's happening. The, the birth of being at every moment of conscious contact, all you have to see is just leave it alone. <laughs> There's not even a you to do it, but, you know, there's just hands-off. When you see, see. When you feel, feel. When you taste. When you think, think. That's it. Don't have, why do you think over about what you thought? There's a thought, and then you think about it, don't you? There's a thought, I shouldn't have had that thought. Or oh, that was a bad thought. And then you, that was a good thought. That's a perverse thought. I can't share that. And there's all this other thinking about the thought. When a thought is seen, See it. It has no power to bind you until it becomes your thought. The binding isn't from thought. The binding is the claiming of the thought as yours. And the claiming of the seeing as yours. And the claiming of the feeling and the smelling and the tuss- touching and the tasting. That's when the shit hits the fan. Because then you have a taste and you go, I don't like that taste. Then you have opinions about things. Then you have bad and good. Bad thoughts, good thoughts. Then you just self all over it. Your mind just selfs all over the conscious contact. But what gives it the right or the permission to do that is the claiming of it. The conscious contact isn't being seen, here, felt, smelled, and tasted. It's being claimed by your head. I'm the seer. I'm the feeler. Now it has the right to pontificate over all the seeing, feeling, hearing, tasting, and touching. It can have an opinion of life. This life sucks. I don't like this moment. I'm going to wait for another moment of my own making. And I know I can't have it now, so I'll just live in what's not happening and make up a mythical moment that'll pacify me for all this unbearability that's happening now in this fucking moment. So I'll just dream about when I go to Hawaii four months from now. And that will make me will appease this unbearability of being the job. But then you go to Hawaii, and what you're doing there is in the what's not happening of the job. You immediately leave Hawaii when it becomes what's happening, and you go back to what's not happening, which is your work. You leave the girlfriend, and you meet the new girlfriend. As soon as you meet the new girlfriend, you compare it to the old girlfriend. There's no meaning of the new girlfriend. It's just rulers. Let's get the rulers out and See how they measure up. (laughs) I'll see which is better and worse. Yes, good and bad. There's no living in it. Don't you feel? You have to feel the effect of it. Doesn't your flight feel fucking dry? There's no joy in it. It's always put off to a future event or a nostalgia about a past event. So, this apparatus can give meaning to things. This apparatus can entertain unbelievable possibilities. It has been saddled with a very small, very archaic, very, very petty system of thought and interpretation. Instead of being able to entertain incredible levels of beauty, it just does the same old thing over and over again every day. You have entertained You have entertained every possibility self-centeredness has to offer already. You're just regurgitating it. You're going back and making it the new and improved savior, the new and improved practice. If one practice doesn't work, no practice is going to work. You have to realize the frailty and the fault in practice is the sense that you're the doer of the practice. As soon as you're the doer of, no matter how great the practice is, you've already neutered the effects of the practice because it's just been swallowed up in self-centeredness again. You're still going to believe you're the doer of it just like you thought you were the doer of all the bad things you did. Now you think you're the doer of all the good things you did. They're both bonding to self. One's an iron chain, one's a gold chain. It's the same bondage. The same verb of bondage has happened. When you look at it, you may like those chains more than the other ones, but it's still bondage. You know, you may like your like brown jumpsuit instead of the orange jumpsuit, but you're still in prison. Yeah. Oh, I like this brown one. I feel much better in this. Oh, that's great, but you're still fucking in prison. Something's running the show. So self can't get out of self. And it's very tricky because if you're identified as it, you won't know you're identified as it. And so, when you start practicing something, you will have a feeling of who's practicing it, and that feeling you have of who's practicing is not you. It's not you. And so now you're practicing under this false mistaken identity, and that false mistaken identity is what judges all the fruit that that tree brings into your life. No matter how great the practice is, those fruits will be seedless. They won't germinate or grow into anything long-lasting. There won't be any radical relief because the selfing can morph around anything that it claims in the doing and having of it. It can. It's been doing it for a long time. It's very adept at running the show. And whatever new show comes into town, it sort of morphs. It takes over. It just gets it larger than it and sucks it right in. But this is a solution that really, really, to me, works because it entertains there is no problem. That's the beauty of it. That's the true beauty of it. You don't take one step into self-centeredness. You actually realize that the solution to be out of something is realize you were never in it. No matter how much there's been the entertaining of self-centeredness, you have never become its center. You could not lose your true nature and become a self. It's impossible. Yeah? Yeah? So you have had the built-in immunity to all self-centered activities at all times throughout all the takeover period. You've had the solution right where you thought you were taking over. Right where the problem is, is the solution. The problem is selfing, and you're not that. And that's the solution to it. (laughs) That is the only solution I feel, for me personally, that holds any water. Because it creates a long-lasting radical shift out of self-centeredness and then the expressions of self dry up yeah? it's sort of like that lawn if you've got about 12 dogs you're going to have a lot of shit on that lawn if you get down to one dog there'll be a shit every once in a while yeah? and if you realize you know, the reason why you love that dog you think it's yours and you realize it isn't then you'll have no shit because the dogs will be gone That's exactly what it's like. The expressions of self can diminish, can disappear right now if there wasn't a self. Yes? And the solution is there isn't one. So there you go. There's nothing you need to do. It's just a recognition of a fact. Yeah? You don't try to get it as a self. I don't go home and think about it. I don't try to remember what Paul said. I've been to every one of these meetings. I never missed a meeting yet. I just let it in and it does its thing. And when your ability to entertain, which is being demonstrated incredibly, you and I can entertain what's not happening and make it seem to override what's happening. That's a miracle. It's a miracle that you could generate a feeling in your body of anxiety based on what's not happening. Literally. Because let's say right now in this room, there's nothing to, to sort of create or reinforce any fear. You have to go into what's not happening and have a, a story about, I'm going to be destitute next Friday. I'm going to lose that money I bought, put into that place. All that's going to happen. And then all the meaning it means to you if I lose all that money. That's also wrong you have no idea what's going to happen maybe the greatest thing ever happening you, but your head definitely doesn't believe it and there it is thinking 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 and it creates or makes the illusion of what's not happening and in that what's not happening there's a lot of things you're afraid of that are not happening but you believe they are and those the, that gets translated into what's happening and it appears in your body as being nervous shut down tight thinking wildly, sweaty, basically totally disassociated, and not conscious of this moment. Mm -hmm. So thank God for us. What's not happening has one quality. It lacks one quality that what's happening has, which is what's happening is happening. (laughs) What's not happening, the solution in it that it offers is that it's not happening. It doesn't offer you a way to deal with all the shit that's happening in there. It's a recognition that it's actually not happening. And there's no need to deal with it past that point of recognition. As soon as the recognition that it's not happening is is entertained, that's that. That's the solution. There's no more processing. It's just a clear, quick hit, hey, this is not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately, your attention and all your interest leaves that and goes to where? What's happening? And what's happening is conscious contact. Yeah, And your attention and interest now goes to conscious contact, and that investment produces an incredible return. Instead of investing your attention and all this into what's not happening and getting the return of anxiety about what's not happening and resentments about what's not happening, (laughs) when this interest is given into what's happening, to the conscious contact of it, you're going to get a return, and it looks, in my life, and it's an ease and comfort now. Or I would say, in an overall view, a traveling later. And at every moment, the solution is available. There's only one thing that's happening, and that's this. And it's not this as it appears, but it's the awareness of this. Whatever this is doesn't matter. The this of it does not matter. What matters is the awareness of all the is. There'll be a this, this today, and there'll be a that tomorrow, and then this again, and that, and this and that. But the, the awareness of it is exactly the same. If you could go back in time, and if it was actually, if it was actually real and you go back to your kid, the basic denominator of that moment as a kid would be the same denominator as this moment, as an adult, which is the awareness of the contact. It's never left this whole place. It's the basis of this whole, whole enchilada. And yet we're not noticing it at all, very rarely. We're noticing from the point of view of being the self that thinks it's in conscious contact and thinks it has an option to be unconscious of that. And it has a real strong agenda to be unconscious of the conscious contact because it doesn't have a life if it isn't, yes? In other words, this isn't just a random thing. The head in this system does not want to be conscious because if it becomes conscious, the system is seen to be false. It has to have a lot of confusion and distraction to the basic place that you are in. Now, it's mind-boggling, eh? If you look at the thoughts of self-centeredness, which, where do they dwell on? They dwell in the past and the future. They're very rarely ever around the vicinity of what we call the present. You're never thinking about the present. You're thinking about the future and the past while the present is happening. Yeah? The thinking about the future and the past is to keep you distracted from noticing the present. The present is the threat to the system of self-centeredness. The present moment is the ultimate threat. It is totally willing to be flipped out about something else if that being flipped about something else keeps you from noticing this. Because this is its true fear. When you think in like, oh, this thing is really bothering the hell out of me, You know, if I could give this up, I'd give it up in a day, but it's been going on for weeks. No, because in the self, that has a purpose, which is to avoid the moment. So you think it's a real drag, I've been bummed out for weeks, but the head that's taking you over is using it. In other words, what some people call fear is a relief to the mind and self. So when you're really caught up in the drama of life and all the resentments of others and thinking they're doing all this stuff to you and all this, that is a beautiful vacation for selfing. Because it's avoiding what it's really afraid of, which is the present. Yes? Because the present is the total validation of its non-existence. So what you're bitching about, which is part of the relief of selfing, is you feeling like I do anything to get out of this feeling? But you've been your mind is nurturing it and cultivating it and cherishing it because it's delivering the goods, which is it's distracting you from the present moment. That's what it's really afraid of. Yes, it's it's getting relief from your misery. The misery of you is actually relief in for the self because it's relieving of it of the pressure of that ever-present fucking moment. Because that moment is insistently real, and it never stops. And the self is scared shit of ever meeting it, because there's no meeting it. If the present moment is really entertained, there is an absence of self. There is never a self in the present moment as what is presenting itself to be, as you. There is never going to be one. That's why it will avoid that at all costs. Yes? Yes? So if you've been taken over, what you would call the instinctual or the lovely drive of happiness, joyousness, and freedom is not where it's going. Its idea of happiness, joyousness, and freedom is to avoid its own extinction, which is the acknowledgement of conscious contact as what I am. So its whole dilemma is to replace the conscious contact, which is the source of the peace and the joy in your life, with a story about how you will get joyful and peaceful if you jump through 80 hoops or you get that or if you have that or if you meet the right fairy princess or if you buy that condo or if you go to Ecuador somehow. And it's constantly putting it off in time, your arrival date. Yes? All the while, it's getting away with fucking murder. Because all your attention is now either located in what's not happening, called the past, or in a future that's not happening. And in what's, if your attention is caught in what's not happening, it won't be attending to what's happening, which is the end of self-centeredness. And I'm not talking about the end of self-centeredness over 30 years. Every moment, that's what it is. It's just the end. In other words, the self-centeredness has to arise in the ignorance. Yeah? If there's no ignorance, it doesn't arise. You'll see it, but it doesn't take your attention with it. You do not act as if you're a self. So incredible. I hear that sound, yeah? But that sound's brought to us by silence, yeah? Silence allows all sounds to be noted. Without silence, there'd be no sounds, yeah? Silence is the context. We're like that sky, literally. Everyone who says, Oh, did you see the the sky today? they're always talking about the clouds in it. They're not talking about the sky. That's exactly what we do in this life. We miss the context and we fixate ourselves on the content. So I go, oh yeah, the sky looked really great. You weren't describing the sky to me. You were describing the clouds that were appearing in it. The sky is empty space. You are of that nature, of empty space. You're allowing, you, this is an appearance or a cloud appearing to you as space. You're the space. You're the context. So all these clouds come and go, but they never leave a mark on the sky, do they? you ever see a plane come as to a screeching halt? Oh, we almost hit that sky. No. Planes fly right through the sky. It seems like nothing. There's no. It's sort of like this all the time. There's no... Nothing actually happens. It's the context. You and I are like that sky. Yeah. Self-centeredness creates you or makes you a noun. And then you miss out in the verbing of life. A noun cannot recognize a verb. A being a being cannot recognize being. A being, a being, cannot recognize being. As soon as being becomes a being, the being is lost because now it's a noun. I'm a being. I'm being. I'm being. This noun is being. No, that's not it. That is not it. So the noun, to try to understand a verb, has to neuter the verb. It has to know it. It has to section it off. It has to sort of like put a flag in the river and say, now I know this is a river. When the river is just a a loose term to represent a being, a movement, a verb. Yes? You and I are verbs. There's no noun to be found here. Not a one. In self-centeredness, the verb of being is made into a noun. So now... This noun is verbing. I'm seeing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching, but that is not what's happening. That is an interpretation. There's All there is is just seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, smelling. There's no you that's choosing to do any of it. That's a story. So now, most of us are trying to know peace as if, I, all right, I found this peace a couple weeks ago. Here it is, I got it, caught it. Like last Wednesday, I, see. I got the peace, and now I'm going to practice peace. I'm going to take it out like that horns you play, and practice my peace today. I'm going to meditate. And the noun is going to try to acquire the sense of a verb by doing and having. The whole point is recognize you're not a noun. You'll get a huge sense of the verb because that's what you are. All we are as a being. Is being. Yes, well, all we are is verbing, but the noun. Once the noun, there's all this verbing, and even selfing is verbing. But what happens with selfing? The verbs imply there's a noun, so one verb goes like this, and and all the verbing is horizontal, and this noun takes the vertical position. Ah, this is how, who I am. I am this. Yes but it's only a verb of selfing. Only all it is. Everything here is verbing. There's no noun. But we take this point and go, I am here, and then all the other verbing now has direction. It's either hap- now instead of seeing life is happening, you see it as life is happening to me. You give it direction. As soon as you give it direction, it's totally distorted. You give that verb an intent, and it has no intent. Nothing is doing anything to you. There's no intent. It's nature is being. Yeah, everything is being. But if we go like this, and now it's being done to me. Yes, and I don't want that to be done. And now you're starting to move and strategies, and you're nouning up the wazoo. And now you want to find you want to go jump out of a plane because that verbing will may wake you up or do an extreme sport or shoot some dope up or something to try to fucking excite yourself back at the living you know but then immediately you go back to the dream because you go I did it I shot that dope up I jumped out of that plane the noun supersedes the verbing and you miss out in life now it's dry and stale and you're fucking dying aren't you <laughs> We gotta you know we need like twenty Disney Worlds now and five Super Bowls and that not, not not even a twenty hour break between sporting events, you know, just constantly keeping us busy, keep us distracted because of the unbearability of not being here. You live, for all intents and purposes, you're not here as a noun. And you're not here as a noun. When you are identified as a noun, you're not here. And then you may practice anything you think you're going to be to try to capture the verbness of life, but you'll be doing it as a noun, and you'll lose it. You can't get what a verb is. You've got to be a verb to get a verb. You are a verb. But in self-centeredness, the verb is made into a noun, and that's what happens. And that noun is never going to become a verb. It will only try to get the experience of a verb, but as a noun. Yeah. Have a lot of knowledge about verbing, but as a noun, it's like a professor of holes. What's the point of knowing all all the information you can ever know about holes if you keep falling in it? The whole point about learning about holes is so I don't fall in holes. Yeah? The whole point about learning about self is to realize you're not self. If self, if the identification of self is in place and you learn about self, it's you're gonna it's gonna be self knowledge just like it says in our book, and it will avail you nothing. What do you mean? Knowledge is so highly touted. He's saying self-knowledge will avail you nothing. What's the difference between knowledge and self-knowledge? Knowledge is knowledge unless it's claimed by itself. Then it's self-knowledge. And it will avail you nothing. It will not, not lead you to freedom from self, from the bondage of self. And I will leave, actually make the, the bondage worse because you'll know, now you'll think you know better. You should have known better. This freedom is available, you know, if you entertain it. We were talking about the other day these different levels. In The Course in Miracles, they talk about levels a lot. These levels of confusion. Because people get confused about the level they seem to be appearing on. So somebody hears this message and they have a very... They see, let's say, there's, they, their message is you're not an individual person. Then they're in a relationship and they do something not that nice to or get involved in something happening that's not nice to their girlfriend, and the girlfriend brings it up to them, they say, well, there's no Paul. I didn't do that, there's no Paul. They don't have any of the resonance of that. Their mind's just using the information to take advantage. That's like on different levels, yeah? So if you believe your house is on fire, get a pail of water. Don't be saying there is no house, there's no body, and while you're burning up to cinders. Yeah, if, because your ability to believe what's being projected is very powerful. So if you're projecting yourself as someone whose house is on fire, you better go get some fucking water. Yeah, then come back here, and then we'll entertain the fireless state.
1: <laughs>
0: but to use this information to try to—it's like trying to having an empty pail of water. <laughs> there is no fire, there is no, everything's telling you it's super hot, I'm not hot, there is no fire, no, no. (laughs) Just get the pail of water, recognize where you're at, because you're not there. It's okay to be there, because you're not. Don't have pride in not being a (laughs) self. How can not self have pride? If you feel like you're fucked, do something about it. Simple. It's clean and easy. There's no one that did anything anyway. See, people start entertaining they're they're not a self, but then they still believe there was a self. And that self now has become a not-self. No. There was never a self. So all the things you thought you did because you were self, no, they happened. Yes? You believed in a self. But there's never been one. Yeah, that's your solution. If there was a self, you would never get fucking rid of it. <laughs> it would be clinging on to you. You'd have, a, you'd have a bitch of a time getting it out of your house, man. It's a very strong parasite. It's, the way to recognize freedom about it is realize you're not it. That's all. Simple and clean. And if you just see, just see, feel, taste, touch... Smell, there's no evidence that there's a self in that contact. There is no evidence that there's a self in that contact. You will definitely see it's an addition by the mind that I'm the seer. You'll see it. You'll sense the conscious contact, and then you'll also be conscious of the mind's reaction to it, which is the story. That's when usually you become unconscious, because you believe you're the character of the story. If you don't believe that, you'll see it as something else that you've been conscious of. Yeah. There will be no interruption in the conscious contact. There will be no point where you become unconscious. But the best point to see it is at the point of the conscious contact and then the next reaction of the mind saying, I'm in conscious contact. If you can just see that addition, there's your freedom. That's the eternal pause right there. The pause between conscious contact and then the mind's reaction to it with the story of being you that's in contact. That is what we call the pause. And a pause is an eternal moment in time. It doesn't have any quality of time. It's a timeless moment, usually bookended by two time moments. But that pause is eternity. You're not at the effect of time. You can, you can, you can entertain what would take maybe 40 years of practice to get close to you can entertain in that eternal moment, that moment that seems like it's not even a half a second. Forty years of work can be done in that second. Forty years of work can be done. It's not constricted or defined by time. You can get a huge download in a moment no one else even notices. in that pause... Once you see that there isn't a self, it's much easier to see it more and more. Once you get a one glimmer of it, that's why I do this in a sense. I don't know actually why I do it. I don't even know there's definitely not even me doing it. But the message to me in a way was when I was out there, I was sincerely looking for a damn relief. And you would think someone that was so ardently seeking would find it but I was the last one to know. I needed to hear it from some outside source. Someone else had to lay this message on me. And, and then, once I got the message laid on to me, my ability to entertain could entertain that possibility, but I needed the invitation of the possibility. My entertaining couldn't conjure up the possibility itself. I had to have the possibility given to me, or I had to be invited. Once I was invited to look at life from this point, then I could entertain it. And then the fruit started to occur. But before then, my entertaining was being funneled into in the process of selfing called doing and having. And it was defeating me. All the doing and all the having were just reinforcing more and more the idea of being a self. That was bad and now was getting to become better. But then I heard this message, just like hopefully you're hearing it, and my, that ability to entertain, got loosened from that system of selfing and entertained it. I'm not that. And I had a big unspoken yes in my gut and I knew it. I had a feeling of it and over time it's proven to be the case. This is the last answer. It's over. What needed to be revealed has been revealed. Boom, boom, boom. It's fucking done. I'm not that. So then everything that I quote was doing and everything that I had came under review. What's the fucking point of me doing all this stuff if I am that that I'm seeking? (laughs) Wouldn't my seeking it if after I realize I am that, wouldn't that be a way of avoiding the responsibility of being that seeking? That seeker? Whatever, that seeing? Yes. Okay, well, there you go. Then I had to mourn the loss of my spiritual identity. (laughs) Fuck, that was painful. (laughs) I had nowhere else. I had. Oh, I, I was a lousy house painter. That's the only other thing I did. I wasn't a good drug addict anymore. That was done. So I had no thing to identify as as a self here. Yeah. So I became a spiritual seeker, and I was pretty good. I did all the. I did all the requisites. I went to Nepal and India and Thailand and meditated with masters and did, this, did that, did Tai Chi and everything. So I had a damn good spiritual resume. And then the day it, this dawned on me. Man, it was like, I was in the middle of the town square with no clothes on. <laughs> and I just, I realized there was nothing to pull up. I didn't even have a pair of pants to pull up, really. And I was just naked. And my mind was just trying to cling to some kind of identity. And there was nothing to cling on to. And I got used to it. You know? Being naked. <laughs> That's what happened. If there would have been something there, I would have probably put, on, put it on. But I couldn't find anything. Yeah, but that, that that whole rug was pulled out from underneath my my feet. My whole spiritual identity was like Pfft. it all was always like Pfft. it didn't mean a damn thing. It was the perfect way of avoiding what I truly am by trying to become it. By trying to become it, I was avoiding it. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Fucking, I couldn't believe that twist. I was missing that whole twist. Yeah. Once, in, but then when it was revealed. Shit. That was the last answer. And no other downloads happened over now, many years. I I haven't gotten any new answer to follow. Does this strips you of the nounness and then the verb is obvious. Being is obvious. If If you're not trying to see it as a noun, you will recognize, there's no you to recognize it, but there's a recognition of the beingness because it takes, just like an AA, it takes an alcoholic to help an alcoholic. A verb needs to be met with a verb. You can't meet it as a noun. You won't get the sense of being. You will not. It's impossible. It will escape you. Your mind will create a replica of what it thinks someone who is in being would look like or talk like or act like and it will make up a mirage or an image but that's a pale substitute for the real thing yeah. and then what happened to me you just get economized and pared down what you think is essential right now would be stripped in a second what you really truly believe is essentially you, that's intrinsically you would be pared off like that you just get pared down and you get to, it's like a boat in the water you really can navigate well, you can move through things very smoothly yeah, because you're in that beingness you're not a noun this shouldn't be happening to me this only happens to bad nouns I'm a good noun, I've been very good for the years why isn't this, why isn't good stuff happening to me none of that happens, you just go what's going on (laughs) what else are you going to (laughs) do you can't win an argument with reality bro. (laughs) you're not going to win might as well just give up and shut up and. <laughs> Verb, brother. Verb. It's like the lion with the roar. Verb, baby. Verb. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> no. Verb. Doing already. Recognize it. What you're looking for is what's looking. How could that possibly be? I thought it was Chuck that was looking. No, that's the mistake. See, if you think it's Chuck that's looking, you'll never look that. You'll always be looking for what's looking out there, but because you already think you know what's looking now, Chuck. That's the identification. That's how the verb gets masked by the noun. You don't even sense the beingness of your life because you have a noun it. Yeah. So we're just trying to go at the question that noun. And I believe if you question it, see, you haven't probably entertained many things that are true here. You cannot believe what your ability to entertain can do with truth when you entertain truth. You've been making what's not happening seem real. Could you imagine if you actually put it into what's happening? Then that joy wouldn't be it would have a different timber. Yeah, it would have a resonance, it would be solid, it would be real. Yeah. You could really truly come to rely on this power greater than self. Which would bring about a great relaxation in you. An incredible relaxation in you. Also it allows you to be available to others. And then you're of service. Because you're present. You
1: yeah?
0: know? If I'm present here, I'm available to this place. If I'm available, that makes me of service. You're on call all day, every day. You never know when you're going to be called to do service. Maybe you won't even recognize it. But you're of service constantly. But if you're not available and you're not sensing that presence, you're serving another master already, which is... What's not happening? So you're not available, and you're yeah. not of service. You're usually fucking dumping some shit on the other people, actually. Like if you, let's say, a guy I know, he has a sense of being bad, and yeah, that's his belief. in the In the court of self, he's been convicted for a long time. There's no reprieve. He's on a long-term sentence. Yeah, he's got the best attorneys, never gets him out. Yeah, so now he tries to do good. But when he tries to do good, it's to try to convince him that he's not bad. All the doing of all the good in the world will not convince you you're, I'm not bad if you're in And so when you're actually serving someone, they'll usually smell it out. They'll realize that you're not actually serving them, you're just trying to become good. And they'll basically say energetically, fuck you. Yeah? So it's not about... Convincing you otherwise—it's not you're now being good because you were once bad, and you think they're going to negate it. You are neither of them. Get on with it. So. Well, if, if some of that consciousness is freed up, from, or our attention is freed up from attending to self, you'll start knowing what's happening now. So you'll know when you're, you know, it's, we're, we're living in the hall of shit and fans, yeah? And so it's almost like we're running a gauntlet. And most of us are living in the consequential level. We know the shit hits the fan after it hits us in the face, yes? That's a little late. If your attention to selfing is broken, you, you will attend to what's happening, and you will see the fan, and you'll see what turns the fan on, and you'll see the shit, and you'll see the alignment of it, and you won't go, what's that? And then get hit with the shit. You'll know what's that, and therefore, that's not, that's, that's like preempting the burning, yes?
1: No, it has
0: to, the conscious contact has to be unbridled by the selfing, And then you're, you are totally awake and aware. And you'll start knowing. See what happens, remember when you were working, I don't know, when I used to do jobs and stuff, let's say I'd be there, and then I'd go home and eat and then have a couple of beers, and then around 8 o'clock at night, my mind would tell me I had a bad day. Yeah? Now, you would, be, you would think that if I was conscious, I would have known it was a bad day when it was happening. I wouldn't have to wait like getting the, you know, the evening news about my day. It was my day. You know what I mean? It's not like listening how the world's doing. I'm not the world, but I am this supposed Paul that was at the job at 8 o'clock. If 8 o'clock was shitty, I would... Why do I know it at 8 o'clock at night? That's called being out to lunch. Yes? That's when you're not even knowing you're burning. Your disassociation is so extreme. So you don't even know when you're fucking burning. That's because you're unconscious and... <clears throat> because all your awareness and attention is going to selfing. Yeah. When that's relieved, then you'll know when shit's hitting the fan. When it's hitting the fan. Yes. Hmm.
1: No, that's a that, thought. It's a thought. Yes, like the thought can
0: the thought actually I think provokes that mood that mood that can actually sense be sort of a feeling. But it's a thought. So that
1: is a thought
0: that you're like on fire. Basically. No, 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 no. Sometimes you're on fire. Like when I was getting, you know, I got a No, sometimes you're on fire here. When I got arrested one time, the cops Took me into a private cell and and broke my ribs with their knee from behind. That was being on fire. I'd say, yeah. But that's a
1: physical thing. So I'm saying
0: there are ways you can be on fire. That aren't physical oh, for things sure. You... Selfing's doing it right now. That's what. When, when when you're on fire and it's not happening, it's because you're in what's not happening. In other words, you're bringing the fire from this imaginary bonfire and you're bringing it to this moment, and you're causing yourself to feel like you're burning up, but it's an imaginary burning up. You're ma- your head's making it up. But I, I guess to tie it in with feeling,
1: do you believe that they exist? Because like, sure they, they are, do. So how do they figure into all of this? Like emotions?
0: like emotions. How do they figure into do me as they cry? come and go? Like when you cry. Yeah. So do you feel them? Sure. Feelings come and go, just like thoughts do. But what happens for us is when a feeling comes, we call it our, my feeling, and then it doesn't go. It gets used by selfing to write a story about. Yeah. So the feeling has to stay there for either a long period of time or a short period of time so that the story can have some sense of reality. So the feeling comes to go, just like a thought comes to go. A thought comes... You're consciously aware of it but the mind's reaction to it is that's my thought, I'm the thinker of it now that thought gets turned back into you so it gets pulled into an orbit around you as a planet and you bitch about the thoughts but it's your gravitational pull of saying these are my thoughts and my feelings that are keeping them there because their nature is to come to go feelings come to go certain stimuli create a certain feeling it comes to go but what our head has a different purpose for it. The head has, uses those feelings and thoughts to reinforce a story about its reality. They become purposeful to selfing. So they're not, they're not, their nature to go is aborted because they want to be used until it's ready to let them go. Yes? So someone, look at the head. If you're having a good day, how long does it take you to get worried about that? When are they going to find out I'm a fraud? I don't deserve this good day. I'm a bad person. How, why would they ever want to be with me, right? Usually. Maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. The same head, if you're having a bad day, what does it say? It's going to last forever. Yeah. So something good, it fucks it up immediately. Yeah. Something bad, it elongates it. Woo! It becomes a lifelong depression. You feel a little weird for 10 minutes. Oh, it's, a depre- it's coming on. I, know it. I knew I was going to be depressed for the rest of my life. This is selfing. Conscious contact. There are thoughts and feelings that there are conscious contact of. But the head is using what you are consciously in contact with to support its own story. And that story's bottom line is that it's you. That the self is you. Yeah? So pain is used to validate it. Misery and suffering is used to validate it. It reaps meaning and harvests meaning out of situations to give it its own relevance. Yeah? So when you think you're miserable, it has a purpose to that misery. That's why you're not getting out of it so quickly. Because it's it's milking it. The self-centered system is milking relevance out of that feeling shitty. It can it can milk more relevance out of shitty than good, because good is very, very light and you're usually available to the present moment when you're feeling really good. Yes? That's not where it wants you to be. It wants you to be in time, which is where it can make up a story, yes, about how important it is. When you're feeling good, it's an easier access to freedom than when you're seemingly feeling bad. You know? Yeah? You're loose, you're just in the moment, you're having a good time. Something's obvious. Woo! You're basically living life unadorned the door to self. But when you're suffering, there's so much identification as the body and this and that, and then it likes to draw that out because it gets to be the star of your little movie. Self thing, yes? When it's a pure action figure story, when it's a pure verb story, it's not the star. It doesn't even get any credit. Self. <laughs> You're just in an epic called life. It's not like Robert De Niro starring in life. No. There's just life starring as life. Hallelujah. So feelings come and go. I feel more than I ever did. Yeah, because I'm acutely aware. So when things are happening, I'm acutely aware of them. All day, the experience of being a body that used to call you... Is changing every fucking second. Sometimes it's unbelievable the different feelings that are being generated in this little caucus all day. <laughs> I mean, thousands and thousands of shades and different things. When when I was out there using, I, this was it. Just this is body. I felt maybe two things: anger and then anger. You know, just walk around. I always felt the same thing all day. Now that th- that same thing feels different every fucking second. Because it's a verb, it's not a noun. It's not a solid thing called Paul. It's Pauling, so to (laughs)
1: speak.
0: You're acutely aware. You can see the reason why you'd like to be knocked out or unconscious. Because if there's any attachment to anything, it's going to, it's intense. It's an intense experience. When you're somewhat conscious, it's intense to be attached to something. (laughs) Fuck When you're out cold, fuck, you have tons of attachments. It doesn't matter. It's like you're heaped with, you know, disassociation. You're out to lunch. Fuck, you don't even you don't feel anything. Really. The observer isn't sort of the witness. The observer's mind critiquing things. Yeah. The witness is different. The witness, if you want to call it a witness, it's just plain awareness. It doesn't have any. It doesn't communicate through thought or anything like that. It's just a knowing. Yeah. Prior to all the knowing we try to have here, there's a knowing. It's already prior. All the things the mind's trying to duplicate in the conditionality is already so.
1: No, there was no attachment to them, There wasn't a storyline that followed them. But then I noticed that you know, as this, it's just more and more uncomfortable. Then the misery of wanting to feel different, which is totally different. You know, when those thoughts come up, you know, they generate a storyline. They, those thoughts were like, oh, "How are you going to get home? Are you going know, to? What are you going to? You know, it's just they, they create, they're creating some non-manufactured, some manufactured, not now. Yeah. And I just said I was able to see those two completely different set of thoughts that were both absolutely relevant. One, I took and went for a ride, and one just came and went. That's right. So the interest of the one is what creates
0: the you that's on the ride. Yeah. There isn't a you that went up for the ride. Part of that storyline, you don't see it, is when your interest gets absorbed in it, is that there's a you that's on the ride. That's also a thought. There's no you that's ever on the ride, and there's no you that's off the ride. Yeah? So when something is, interests your head, that's when it, it gets into it, and then you seem to appear. When it doesn't have an interest in it, it, eh, it can let it go, right? But if you'll see the head, the head will come you one way, and then another way, and another way, and it'll, it'll just go through the skylight, the back door, the cellar, And they'll try to hook you, in a sense, where your attention goes, Oh, (laughs) yes, Yeah? See, the thing is, like, there's the ocean of space that we are, and then the bait shows up with a hook, yeah? The mind drops bait. Thoughts and feelings are being interpreted. And the bait drops, and when consciousness, that empty space, its awareness arises to that and takes the bait, at that moment, it becomes the fish. It wasn't a fish, nor it ever will be. And when it becomes a fish, there's a feeling of being a historical fish. In other words, when Paul appears, there's a feeling associated with that this is Paul's always been here. And then there's this idea that Paul will be here later. Yeah. So, the, but before that, before the thought, the bait is taken. There's no Paul. There's no historical feeling of being a Paul, and there's no futuristic feeling of being a Paul. The bait's taken, and then Paul, in all of its historical and time glory, appears. And then, hopefully, you lose interest in it enough, and you'll be released, and then what's always so is the state, which is that emptiness. Then, another bait comes in, and maybe you'll bite it this time, and then sometimes you don't take it. And when you don't take it, then the empty state is what's predominating. Then, you bite it. You'll become a fish, maybe you'll be flapping on this boat, you know. Then you'll be thrown back, and then you'll come out of that, and you'll think, I, man, that was a terrible ride as being a fish. That's still fish. The head's still trying to present itself as a fish, now a saved fish. Yeah? And it's always trying to write its relevance into the story. If, after a while, you don't take any of that, because it's, one example reveals its whole thing. You don't need millions of examples to become convinced. You can be convinced right now. Because the one example of it not being you is always through every one of his examples. I'm not that. Once that gets solidified, then there's no taking the bait. So all there is is an awareness of bait in this ever-present space. And there's no Paul that's become the fish. So the thoughts come, and thoughts come, and thoughts come, and then they lose a lot of propulsion after a while because what's keeping them going so keenly is your interest in them. And the best, really, if you want to get out of obsession with self, lose interest in being the self that all those thoughts are obsessing over. Because if you, if you don't take yourself to be that self, you will lose interest in the thoughts about it. You really will. Just like if someone came to my house and started selfing to me, I'd be sick and tired of hearing them in four minutes. You know, fuck this. (laughs) I've heard this thousands of times. But the same selfing in my head I take to be novel. And I've been listening to it for 40, 50 years. What's the difference? Well, I can see that selfing is his selfing, but this selfing is my selfing, therefore it's special. (laughs) Yeah. No, there's only run-of-the-mill selfing. There's no my selfing. No special selfing. No, no, no super special selfing. It's just selfing. And has no hook unless you believe it. If you believe it, then you'll act in time as if you're the fish. You're not the fish, but you can act as if you are. Yeah. And that's when I say, if you do, then if you need a pail of water to put out a fire, find that pail of water. Because at that point, you're taking yourself to be a fish. So, that's it, eh? We'll pass the basket. Yeah? Oh, man. What? Oh, yes. Well, we're not over yet. But at the end, we're going to take a little moment of silence before we do the serenity prayer because of Zen Mark and his wife and his kid. Because... Uh, His wife's in the hospital, and the kid may come out early, rarely early. So he called me up the last couple of days and told the space for him, eh? Yes.